On this episode of The B-Side, you have questions about the merger and we want to answer them. Welcome to The B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, I am Vince and I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are joining us for a, a very important podcast. We're going to be talking about merger questions. I'm joined by Pastor Matt who has all of the answers. I'm not quite sure about that, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, so we got some different categories uh, that we had questions in, and we had two vision meetings uh, a couple a week ago, a week and a half ago at yep, this point, yep. and um, we asked you guys to, to come and to and join us in that, and yeah. So, so I guess I would just start with saying this, Vince, that uh, I, I just want to tell everybody that was able to make it to those meetings um, that, that I appreciate it. You know, I mean, this is not meant to be a simple, um, you know, process where we just say something and then all of a sudden we all agree on everything. And, uh, but instead, this is, this is supposed to be a dialogue, right? We're supposed to be, um, as elders in the church, we're supposed to be leading. And one of the ways that we lead is by giving people the opportunity to ask their questions to share their thoughts and to be able to respond to their questions and their concerns and their thoughts. And, and so um, we got to do that on Sunday night and then we got to do it again on Monday night and we're gonna get to do that now a little bit as we rehash some of the, the themes. Uh, but I want everybody to know that while the elders are really excited about this, mm-hmm. I mean, we are, we're really excited about yeah. this and we've had time. I get that we've had more time than other people have to get really excited about mm-hmm. this uh, because we've been planning and preparing and praying and studying and seeing if this is even a possibility that God might have for us mm-hmm. for a year, well over a year now. And so as we've been doing that, um, we and our excitement has been building, but we know people just heard about this a month ago. Yeah. six weeks ago. And they're, they're trying to wrestle through some of the things that we wrestled through a long time ago. And what I want to encourage people is that just because we're excited does not mean that we expect them to match our level of excitement right this second. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is part of how leadership works. And it's part of the responsibility that the elders have agreed to take, which is that we are going to lead. And sometimes leading is a lonely place. Yeah, And so it's okay if people right now are like, man, I don't get it. I'm not sure I understand it. I'm not sure I like it. Um, I know there's some people that are crazy excited about it. And so I don't want to discount that either. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if people aren't excited, we're not mad at that. We're not, we're not frustrated that they're not excited. We're not frustrated that they've got questions. Um, and so if there happens to be somebody listening that falls in that camp where they're like, man, I get what the elders are saying, but, but I have questions and, and I'm not sure I understand, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's why we want to have these opportunities to share because that's what leadership looks like. And, and we know that we're out front and we want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to come with us. Yeah. And so this is just another step in that way. So people that have expressed their questions, we are so thrilled about that. People that have expressed their excitements, we're so thrilled about that. We just, we just are glad right now when people engage in the process. Yeah, for sure. And, and we got a, a three-sheet piece of paper here, four-ish sheet. Uh, paper um, that represents probably about anywhere from 70 to 100 different questions. Yeah. Um, and so we're not going to be able to answer all of them on this uh, podcast, but we're going to answer uh, the the flavor of a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so if you haven't been able to get to those vision meetings and you still have some questions, uh, 
contact an elder, contact Matt. Um, they would love to, to answer your questions and, and help you get your mind wrapped around this. Yeah, and, and I think there's one thing we committed to early on in this process, and, and, and the commitment was simply that, look, if people are genuinely asking questions, then we are genuinely going to answer those questions. So it's a commitment we've made that if you'll own a question and ask it, um, that we are going to answer it. And we can't promise that you're gonna love the answers that we have. Yeah. But we can promise that, that we are going to answer as honestly as we can. Um, and in that process, we hope to stay above reproach. Uh, we hope to, to give people the information that we need. And then ultimately, uh, we hope to, to move people in unity. And, and I think I've said this before, and I wanna say it again, that when we say unity, we're not talking unanimity. Right. And there's a difference between unity and unanimity. Unity is when we say at the end of something, hey, we are all going there together. Mm -hmm. We are, for the sake of the unity of the church, we are all traveling there together. And, and then ultimately, um, maybe I, in my, in my head, I thought there was a different path that would have been better, but hey, we're going there, and so that's what I'm going to get behind, and I'm not going to complain, and I'm not going to drag my feet, but I'm going to go. And, and so whatever happens with this merger, if ultimately, um, as the leadership teams meet, they decide this merger is a no-go, mm -hmm. there are going to be people that were excited about it that will be upset. And yeah. I'm going to ask those people, look, even though we're going a direction you didn't like, mm -hmm. I want you to go with us in unity. Yeah. And... If we meet and, and, and the merger makes sense and, and God continues to bless the, the preparation and we decide that we're moving forward in that direction, um, then I'm going to ask people that weren't so sure, you know what, I get it, but come with us in unity so we can all travel there together because ultimately that's what honors God um, in the church is, is a unified church. Paul makes that so clear in Philippians 4 um, mm -hmm. that when it comes to non-moral issues, yeah. The unity of the church is key, and the elders are driving that. And yes, uh, it might be confusing to some folks, but but stay with us. Yeah, I mean, unity within a family yep. is key. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we're going to jump into all these different topics and, and stuff. So we're going to start off with beliefs. And, mm -hmm. and the question, the flavor of this question is, uh, do we have differences with them? Are they significant? Um, how... What's going on with beliefs as we merge two different churches? Yeah, and I think that's a great question, and it's one that should be asked. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I want to tell people with confidence and assurance that it is one of the first questions that the elders asked. I've, I've said this before, but in the timing of all of this, uh, way back when the elders first started thinking and praying about this, I mean, it went through stages. Let me just maybe reiterate, and then yeah. I'll, I'll get to the specific belief question. But, but the first thing that the elders did was pray. Um, in a couple of months, they prayed about it. They didn't talk about it. We didn't discuss it. We didn't, we didn't process through in a group context, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. All we did was pray about what God had for Blessed Hope, what God might have for Revolution, and whether or not God might be calling us to better together. Mm. And that was it. That's all we did. And then after a couple of months of prayer, we sat down and said, okay, is this something that we feel like God is telling us is worth pursuing? Mm -hmm. And the answer was yes. Mm. And so part of our pursuing it um, was coming up with a list of hurdles that had to be successfully crossed yeah. 
so that we knew this was a possibility. And one of the first hurdles that we crossed was this idea of beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, and so when it came to beliefs, the questions that we asked were, do we agree on our major doctrine? Yeah. And the difference is major doctrine, um, major doctrine is the stuff that we think makes you Christian. Yeah. I mean, it's the stuff that separates um, Christ followers and Christ-following churches from churches that are using the name of Jesus but aren't really following him. So these are big things like Jesus is fully God and fully man. Yeah. Uh, there is one true God of the universe who creates everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone um, in his death and resurrection on the cross. And there's nothing that we can do to add to our salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jesus is coming back and will um, wipe away every tear and will make all things new. And so these are things that we say are basic core beliefs. And here's, here's what I can say about that. Our basic core beliefs, the major doctrine Mm -hmm. um, is the same between our church and Revolution Church. Yeah. Uh, because we're different people, we may have used different words, yeah. um, but it's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then there were some questions, Vince, about some minor things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, help, help me with an example of something minor. Um, I, I, baptism would be mm. one of those things. That, and you, I say that, and I know that there's some people who are like, that's, that's a major thing. Yeah, well, that's because they don't understand what we're saying. Yeah. Um, we say baptism is minor. Like, it is very clear that if, if you were at a church that says, hey, getting baptized makes you saved, we would say, that's not Christian. Yeah. Um, but if you're at a church that says, hey, we like to baptize babies, mm-hmm. um, and we say, no, 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 we, we like to dedicate babies and baptize believers. Yep we would say that even though we see it differently, both of those stances come from reading scripture Mm -hmm. and figuring out the best way we can to follow scripture. We may have disagreement, but ultimately um, we will will be able to be unified and minister together and serve together because Mm -hmm. those things aren't salvific. That means they don't have anything to save you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, we have a couple of those areas, really one in particular, with uh, Revolution where we have a difference, Um, but we were clear early on, like, hey, here's our distinctives, here's your distinctives, here's how they mesh, Um, and and ultimately when it comes to some of those minor doctrines, we don't ask for um, unanimity, we ask for unity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And basically what that means is here is the leading of the church. You don't have to agree wholeheartedly, but please don't fight against. Mm-hmm. One of the easy examples of that is women as pastors. Yeah, We have a lot of people here in the church that come from a lot of different churches mm-hmm. that have women as pastors. Um, and, and you can be a good Christian and believe that women can serve as pastors. And I get that. Mm-hmm. You can also be a good Christian and interpret scripture to say, no, that's restricted um, to male headship. Yeah. And we're not mad at either of those points of view. We have a particular point of view. Mm-hmm. And our particular point of view, it's the fancy word that we would use for um, complementarianism. Right. Um, and it means that, that we feel like the role of elder pastor is restricted to men, not because men are better, but because that's the way that God's instituted this. Yeah. Um, and, and so what we would say is, look, you don't have to agree wholeheartedly with that, but, but in unity... 
this is the way that we're trending forward. And so um, we are, we are like-minded with Revolution Church in that way. So there are no differences of beliefs. If there had been, we would have pulled the ripcord early on and we would have walked away. They would have done the same mm -hmm. because we couldn't minister together. Yeah, and nobody would have even known. No, right, because we would have never got to the point where it, it was necessary for it to be um, public because we would have just shook hands, parted and, as friends and walked away. Yeah. So I think that covers a lot of, of the beliefs questions. There's some very specific questions mm -hmm. that I'm sure some people have, um, but let's move on to attendance and space questions. Uh, one of the questions that we got um, about four different times was, what's their average weekly attendance over at Revolution? Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, I'm gonna say that, that I'm, I don't have that in front of me, mm -hmm. but I'm guessing it's, 45, 40 to 45, you know, with some adults and some kids and mm -hmm. those things. But, but I want to answer what I think is the heart behind that question. Yeah. And if that was your question and you're asking it for a different reason, then, then please don't be offended that I'm, I'm trying to dig deeper. Yeah, some people just want stats. They just wanted to know. But I think because one of the questions we heard over and over and over again, probably 14, 15 times was, does this mean we'll have to do two services? Yeah. And I think even the people that were asking, what's their average attendance? At least part of them was thinking, hey, does that mean we have to do multiple services? They were asking without asking. Yeah. And so I wanna, I wanna deal with the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. um, and the elephant in the room is that with or without this merger, mm -hmm. we are moving to two services. Yeah. That is, that is just the reality. And it's not a scary reality, although I know it feels that way for some people that haven't experienced it, haven't experienced it well, mm -hmm. and, and they, just, they just are apprehensive. But here's the deal. That is awesome. It's awesome because that means there are more adults regularly wanting to hear the word of God. People that attend this church are understanding that this church is doing something and they're inviting their friends, their coworkers, their neighbors, their families to come. And so more and more people are here hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves lives. And we are never going to tell people, hey, I'm sorry, you can't be here today yeah. because we're out of space. You need to go home and try again next week. We don't, we're you not. You got here two minutes early. Right, yeah. School. We are not operating that way ever. So we are going to go to multiple services. Mm -hmm. Most likely that's going to happen probably next year at some point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a whole team. Vince, you're actually leading that team. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things that I've kind of discovered as being on that team, um, and I've only been a part of one church with multiple services, but uh, a church that I, I'm becoming intimately uh, familiar with is half our size and does two services. And so it's not necessarily a, a size um, thing that happens. It's a, it's a capacity uh, you know, right. we want to have a greater capacity for the gospel, for, for the ministry. And so two services is a natural outworking of, of that. Well, and frankly, every church, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound bold, and, and there's people that don't know my heart that are going to want to argue with me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine. I mean, that's, I, I get, give me some grace and at least give me the honor of hearing what I say. Yeah. And if you want to argue, let's, let's sit down and have some dialogue. But every church that is... Let me say it differently. Every church that knows why it exists yeah. ought to be striving to be a church that, that does multiple services. Mm -hmm. Unless you live in a town of 50 and have a sanctuary of 75. Yeah. I'm I mean, if your sanctuary outnumbers everybody within driving distance of your church, mm -hmm. then okay, fine. You're going to be satisfied with one service. But, but, you know, here in Vinton, 
when there are 5,000 people that live in this city and there are probably anywhere from 3,500 to 4,000 that do not regularly attend church or have a church home, we should not ever be satisfied with how many people attend church until we have reached everybody there is to reach. We are always going to be doing that because we know that we exist to bring the gospel where the gospel isn't. And so, I, I mean, yeah, so this is not a merger thing, even though I think people ask the question because they're afraid it's going to happen faster. Yeah. And I don't even know that that's true. The second service research team will figure that out. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to happen at about the same time regardless. Yeah, I think well, we just went through our membership numbers this week yeah. and looking at those, and it's like, wow. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, we're kind of members. If, if all of our members show up on the same Sunday with some visitors, then uh, we're out of space already. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the reality is that's happening with or without the merger. And so I get the question, mm-hmm. um, but honestly, I feel like it's a little misguided the question about multiple services because I think we're asking, hey, is this going to make us do something we don't want to do? And the reality is, look, this is exciting. One, two, it's happening. It's happening because the church is being obedient and the church is doing its job and people's lives are being changed. I had a conversation, I had two conversations this week, one in person, one over email about how these people were drawn in by visitors. People invited them to come to church. They were here at the church. They heard the gospel. They responded to the gospel. They were changed by the gospel. And now they're trying to figure out how to live as a, a new life as a Christian, which means they need the church even more. But they're so excited about the church, they want to invite other people to come. And that is why we exist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can't compromise that ever. So two services is a reality with or without the merger. Uh, I, I hope that people don't... Um, feel good or bad about the merger because of the potential of multiple services because that is coming one way or the other. So I think another question uh, in space and attendance is what does this do with the potential building addition? I I feel like we've answered this a lot. Yeah, well, let's answer it again. Okay, I'm just going to answer that as, as, as succinctly as I can. This has nothing to do with the potential building addition. Um, so I'm going to put a period on that, and then I'm going to start a new thought, which is the building edition right now is shelved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has nothing to do with the potential merger. That has to do with the fact that, um, that the church couldn't seem to get fully behind, and I get it, I understand it, it's a lot of money, but couldn't seem to fully get behind a million-dollar edition that didn't include a sanctuary, and the elders um, couldn't green light uh, a $2 million, which is what it would have cost to include the yeah. sanctuary. That's, that, that would have been um, uh, not good stewardship. Um, and so we just, to add 100 seats in a sanctuary, an extra million dollars. So ultimately, we just decided that um, until maybe some things change, that the building addition is shelved. It may come back and we may explore different things Mm -hmm. in the future, but there is nothing planned to do that right now, Mm -hmm. again, with or without merger. So those are two separate issues. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to staff. Um, They obviously have Pastor David, who's Mm -hmm. who's part-time. I can't think of the the word. He he works a full-time. Bivocational. That's it. Bivocational. He works a full-time job. Um, what does that mean for him? Would he be coming on staff? Would he still be part-time uh, yeah. preaching 
schedule? So, so the, the basic rundown is this, and this is something that, again, this was a hurdle that the elders jumped over with uh, Revolution's leadership often. And frankly, David and I have had a lot of sit-down conversations about this where we've had to put our, our own pride and ego on the shelf, and we've had to say, hey, look, let's talk about, is this really what God wants? And if he does, what will it look like? Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, it looks like at this point that, that Pastor David will remain part-time. Um, that's good for his family right now mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of a, a lot of different things. Yep. Um, and he will, um, he will focus on a couple of different things here. Um, he will lead worship on, on, a, on, on a regular basis if we, if we are able to move ahead with this merger. He'll lead worship, which I, I know some people are like, well, I don't, I've never you know, experienced him leading worship. What's that? Trust me when I say that he's done that vocationally before mm-hmm. and that it will be a good change. Um, that's not a knock on our current worship team whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, the, the idea of having somebody vocationally involved in that. That's why we were looking at that prior. Yeah. Um, so he'll step into that role. He'll also continue to pastor, celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll preach on occasion. I mean, we're going to have a preaching rotation. I will preach the majority of the time. You will still preach, mm-hmm. and he will preach. So I'll, I'll preach less often than I mm-hmm. used to. And, and, and again, that wasn't like I had, I had to look in the mirror about that because yeah. uh, I like to preach. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think him preaching more often, but not every Sunday, will, will make his preaching better. Uh, yeah. Me not preaching every week will make my preaching better. Mm-hmm. And because we are, are both, I think, fairly good at it. I mean, that's, I, I, can I say <laughs> that? Like, like I, don't yeah. think, I, I don't think I'm the best preacher ever, but, but I think it's a strength of mine, and I think it's a strength of his too. Um, I think that, but we have different styles. Mm-hmm. I think that will be good for the congregation ultimately. They'll have to get used to something a little different, but it'll be very good yeah. to have the different styles and voices um, so that it doesn't get stale. Well, if anybody's like Malia, who listens to like 60 pastors a week. Yeah, Malia, uh, Malia is always online listening to, uh, you know, pastors every week, but, but uh, like, most oh, people. She's like, oh, I got bored, so I just listened to an hour sermon. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, that's great. Um, but, um, so, so he will, and, and his title would be, I, I guess I want to address this a little bit. Mm-hmm. His title would be out, Outreach Pastor. Um, and I know there's some questions about what does that even mean? And ultimately, it was just the best way we could think to, the title is relatively unimportant. It's the yeah. best way we could think. You know, we talked about worship pastor, but he's going to be doing so much more than that. We talked about discipleship, mm-hmm. um, but it's not just discipleship for inside the church. We're, we're, we're hoping to, to leverage that for people outside the church. And so outreach or community. So, so we, we ended up going with community pastors seemed to be the best way yeah. to articulate, but... So uh, we're talking, we're going to switch over to identity. Um, and I think the, the, the question that I think is the most important uh, in, on most people's hearts is uh, name. Yeah. Does Blessed Hope keep its name? Do, do we somehow combine them in a weird name like no. Blessolution? Um, <laughs> I think, well, 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 I think Blessolution would be fun. Um, I, you know, and, and I've heard from some people that are good with a name change, like, hey, can we be the Blessed Revolution or um, Revolutionary Hope or, that's you know. high schoolers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's great. Like, like I, I love the enthusiasm there. But um, the, the simple answer to would we change the name is um, it's possible, but mm-hmm. nothing is decided there. And that's one of those questions where I know you want an answer now, but I promise you we will give it when there is one to give. Um, and, and here's the thing, what I can say about the name. Um, if we change the name, it would be 
because changing the name allows us to understand one very critical point about this merger. And that is that this is two healthy churches coming together to be one new church. This is not one church that's failing mm-hmm. or two churches that are failing yeah, that, that are, that are ramming together to try to stave off death. No, no, no. And that's how mergers used to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mergers used to be two churches that were dying, that knew they were dying, mm-hmm. that would come together to pool their resources so they could live a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, okay. Historically, those fail miserably. Mm-hmm. But this, that's not what this is. This is two healthy churches saying, hey, we can do better together to get the gospel to people that need to know the gospel if we get together. We can yeah. stop um, competing with our ministries and we can go deeper and wider with our ministries. We could do better. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and, and that's, that's what caught our eye with this potential. And so, yeah. so, so yeah, I think if, if there's a name change, it's simply because we're trying to communicate Kate, to the, to the community, hey, we did this for you. Yeah. And this is new for you. Right. Um, if we keep Blessed Hope, honestly, it'll be because Blessed Hope has been very intentional mm-hmm. in making ourselves known in the community in a positive way. We've let people know who we are, mm-hmm. what we're about. Nobody that thinks of Blessed Hope thinks, man, I wonder if that church is on mission. They know we're on mission. Yeah. They know we like to spread the love of Christ with no strings attached. Mm-hmm. People that think about Blessed Hope, they don't, they don't think, man, I wonder if they believe the Bible. They know. In fact, one of the things that's the biggest compliment I could get about Blessed Hope and Revolution both mm-hmm. is that uh, I hear people that they're a cult. Yeah. Like, why are we a cult? Well, they're a cult because they believe everything the Bible says. I'm yeah. like, you know what, if, if, that's, if that's the best you can come up with, I'm going to take it and I'm going to wear it proudly. I mean, um, we don't even live in this, we don't even have a compound yet. No, so I don't I, know if we can be a cult. We could build a big fence around the church. But, but yeah, so, so I think if there's a name change, it'll be to communicate to the, to the community. This is not one big church saving or taking on another little church. This right. is two churches coming together for the community. And if, if the name Blessed Hope stays, it will be simply because... Um, that'll be less confusing for the community because they know who we are, they know what we stand for, they know what we believe. Um, and I'll say this too, if the name stays, then probably there's some other things that we could do to communicate that truth. Yeah. Some rebranding, some new uh, visual graphic representation of the church, a new mm-hmm. logo, new things that will help Don't worry, the understand. stained glass window is going to stay. Yeah, this, no matter what happens, the stained glass window stays, even if the logo changes. One, it um, looks cool, and two, nobody wants to rip it out. I don't want to climb up there, yeah, so... Uh, so let's go ahead and move into, we have it as a final decision. Um, do you, the big rumor that I've heard is, well, we're not even going to vote. So if we're not going to vote, then I'm upset. Um, yeah, yeah. So will, will membership vote? Yes. So, so here, here's the deal. Membership will vote. I'm not sure where that rumor got started or how it got started. And, and maybe I could pause for a second before I talk anymore and just, just talk about this. If you don't know the answer to a question, mm-hmm. please don't act like you do. Or, yeah, or because, that, because there were a couple of people that were very upset mm-hmm. that we would do this without voting. Mm-hmm. And, and that was never uttered by anyone on leadership. It was never implied by anyone on leadership. And so that is somebody or somebody's answering a question with authority that they didn't know the answer to. And that, right. that, so, so please don't do that. Even if your intentions are good, please don't do that. Um, you know, it just, it leads to, to mistrust and some things. Yes, we're going to vote. That's how our constitution works. 
Mm -hmm. um, and we've contacted lawyers to, to talk about what the vote will be. And so, and we're going to follow what the Iowa code is through our bylaws and through the, the state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the, according to the lawyer, that's the way that we need to do it. Yep. And so what that means is that when we vote, um, this will be approved by one or the other. This will be approved by two-thirds majority at the meeting. Yep, so that is just of the people. Of members, there. yes. Uh, of, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say. Up. So of actual members, covenant members that are here at the meeting, if two-thirds agree, then it would pass. Yep. Or, and I say or, because it is or, we have to look at both. So we probably won't be able to announce that night unless it's over two thirds. If it's over two thirds, we'll know automatically. Mm -hmm. If it's not over two thirds, we'll actually have to wait and do some more math because it's, here's the way that the Iowa law works. It's mm -hmm. either two thirds of members that are present at the meeting or it's, um, it is 50%, 51%. It's a simple majority of members of the church. And so even if they're not at the meeting, um, and so the idea there is if they're not at the meeting, their vote would be a no vote. Okay. Um, and so if they show up uh, and vote yes, then that counts. Or if they show up and vote no, that counts. But then we have to look at all of the members that did not show up that are able to show up. So if we yeah. have members that are shut-ins, then it won't, you know, they, they won't be a part of that, but um, that are able to show up, then you would do the math there and see if you have 51% or mm -hmm. whatever the case might be of a simple majority. So that's the Iowa law. And, and according to the lawyer, that's what we need to follow. So that'll be our voting procedures. And I know people have asked, well, why this much and why not that much? And why, you know, why this percentage and that percentage? And look, um, because ultimately we're going to do what the lawyer has told us is wise to do. That's yeah. why we're paying him. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what that will be. And, and that way we're not open up to any, um, anything legal. We're just doing exactly what it is that the law stipulates. Yeah. So. so as far as leadership goes, how do we, uh, how, how does the leadership from both churches mesh? Are they bringing on elders? Um, are they bringing on ministry team leaders? Um, what, what does that look like? How do yeah. we... How do they coexist? Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so right now, um, Revolution Church is basically a pastor-led church that has a, a leadership team that assists in those decisions. And, mm -hmm. and so while it's, it's, it's polity, polity is just basically the how does the government work. Yep. The polity of Revolution is pastor-led, although Pastor David uses a team approach to that. Yep. He has leaders around him that help. Blessed Hope is an elder-led church, um, and in our conversations, one of the hurdles we dealt with early on is that we would continue to be an elder-led church, a plurality of elders that don't all think the same. We have right. different ideas, different thoughts, but we move in unity. Yep. Again, not unanimity always, but we move in unity. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the way we think is, is most biblical and, and going to be best for us. And, and Revolution has agreed to that. That was one of the early things we talked about. Um, and one of the things we looked at is whether or not they had anybody that would join us as an elder. Mm -hmm. And there are two things, Vince, you know this, but, and I think most of our, our listeners would too, but there are two things that make somebody qualified to be an elder. Um, there is meeting the biblical qualifications that Paul lays out in Titus and Timothy. Mm -hmm. So there are qualifications that if you meet those, then you're qualified. But there's also that you feel a call to serve as an elder. Uh, Paul says in, in Timothy that, you know, if anyone feels called to serve, 
yeah. as an elder. And so we say there's two things. One, you got you got to you got to feel called to it, and you have to be qualified to it. And so we we looked at that with Revolutions Leadership, and they have a lot of leaders that um, currently serve on their leadership team that are qualified, but frankly, they have none that felt called. So our elder team post-merger would be our current elder team with the addition of Pastor David. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then their leaders are excited about leading. Yeah. Uh, They're excited about leading ministry. They're excited about being plugged into ministry. They're excited about leading ministry teams. Uh, They just weren't feeling called to serve in the capacity of elder. So yes, we will have an integration of leaders and different ministry teams and this and that. And there'll be plenty of new ministry teams that can come from this. Uh, But as far as our elder board, that would basically be as it is now, plus with the addition of of uh, of Pastor mm-hmm. David and the truth is they they are gifted as a congregation in some areas that we struggle yeah to, to serve the community in or Ag- serve the church in. yeah so. I think they they have we have a lot of things to offer that they don't currently thrive in and they have a lot of things to offer that we don't currently thrive in and it's one of the ways that we can um, we can strengthen one another and be even better for the community for sure um, so uh, building questions. Again, if you have questions and we didn't answer them, make us let us know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but building questions, uh, I think the most common one um, is: is it necessary to have two buildings? W- what's the vision for their building? Yeah. Um, just a general why. Yeah, and I think again, peeling back the layer there too. And again, mm-hmm. I don't mean to I don't mean to mind read on people and tell them what they were thinking. But in conversations I've had, the big question is: can we afford it, or should we afford it? Yeah. Um, I mean, all of a sudden we're taking on, this is a quarter of a million dollars of debt. Do we really want to take on that debt? Um, And and so what I would say to that, I'm going to answer your question in a couple of of parts. First is the financial thing. I think people need to to, to think about this differently. Mm -hmm. I think the question of can we afford it Mm -hmm. is people not understanding the reality of the merger. Yeah. I think when people think can we afford it, they think okay, revolution is folding Mm -hmm. and we are going to take over their staff and their debt and their people, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely unequivocally not what this merger is about. And if people are still, after we've talked about that, are still confused about that, I want to say, hey, talk to me personally. Talk to the elders personally. Talk to Pastor Vince or Pastor David personally, because that is not what is happening here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it one more time just because I want to be as as clear as as possible. Revolution is a healthy, thriving church. Yes. Okay? They are a smaller church, sure, Mm -hmm. but they are a healthy, thriving church. And so when we say, like, hey, um, this merger will bring their health and their thriving yeah. And it'll also bring some of their financial obligations, just like for them, mm-hmm. this merger brings our health and our thriving and some of our financial obligations. Yeah. And so we are not saying, okay, well, we are absorbing all of this fiscal, fiscal responsibility and all of this fiscal debt without, you know, without anything else. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we have good things coming from both churches, and so the budget will reflect that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, what was, what was affordable before the merger is going to be affordable and then some yep. after the merger because we're actually going to save a lot in places where we were duplicating resources. Yeah. So, so what was affordable before the merger will be affordable and then some after the merger. That deals with, with the financial issue, I hope. 
Mm-hmm. But the building itself, we are so stoked about the building. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, that's not the reason that we are entering into this merger, but frankly, it's a, it's a, it's an excellent thing. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we know that we can jive theologically and and, and in ministry with revolution because they see that need for outreach and evangelism the same way we do. Mm -hmm. They exist to grow and share the gospel and bring people to Christ the same way we do. Uh, And the fact that they have that building and they purchased it and they want to use it as a community bridge Mm -hmm. demonstrates they have the same heart that we do. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it, it's just, it's, it's great that that exists. And we're, we're going to be able, assuming this merger goes forward, we're going to be able to leverage that community space in ways that people haven't even considered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're, and we've already got some things planned to yep. do there, yep. but there are outreach dinners. There's uh, we've got a Super Bowl party planned. There's, um, you, you've got some youth things with yeah. parents, the parents that don't attend our church that you can bring them in in a safe, non-churchy environment. Yep. You know, we've talked about after school clubs for kids, opening it up after football games and basketball games on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So kids have a safe, fun place to go. And, and, and again, not just church kids, although it would be great for just church kids, yeah. but for their friends and their classmates who don't have anywhere to go and have no faith whatsoever mm-hmm. to come in and start getting comfortable with the church and, and hear from people, adults that love them and want to pray for them and mentor them. And what we've said over and over again is that um, the only limit to what we can do with that mm-hmm. building is our imagination in figuring out how to leverage it to, to reach the community. And so, yes, it is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, it is part of revolution's DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want it to be part of our shared DNA. Yeah. And we are excited about it. I mean, I love the heart of everyone at Revolution that looked at that building and said, yes, this is not a traditional church. Right. This is not the way it's traditionally done, but we are going to do this here because it's going to help us reach the community. Mm-hmm. That to me is the same heart we have when we say we want to do church differently because there are people that need to know the gospel. And this is a way that we can come together and yeah. really do some significant kingdom work here in this place. I mean, we have an intentional space for our attitude to be poured out in. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't. I, I mean, that, that to me is one of the most exciting things about yeah. this. As I'm looking at our sanctuary right now, and I, I was thinking about this last night, I was, I was moving chairs for a youth group, and nothing is set in stone about what we would use, where, where ministries yeah, would yeah. end up. But I was just thinking, wow, this, I'm setting up a revolution-sized worship space in our sanctuary for our kids. And yeah. I was like, yeah, because you had like 40-some junior high kids last yeah, night. it keeps getting bigger. And there were like 40 or 50-some elementary kids running around downstairs. Yeah. And We have close to 100 kids on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Maybe that even are, a little bit more. That, are, the, that are coming really to be cared for, to be loved, to be prayed for, to learn about Jesus Christ, to, to grow in faith. And how, how cool is that? We have a small school on Wednesday nights. <laughs> right, like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. Um, so... It's not all just questions. It's not all just concerns. Yep. But we do have a, a long list of excitements as well. And so, um, what what? Just pick out a, maybe a couple of them that you you see that you are like that that, that excites me. That people are excited. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, there's 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 a couple on here that I could highlight. One is there are multiple question or multiple statements of excitement that you can kind of sum up in one way, and it's about the building. Yeah. And that excites me because. That tells me that there are some people that see it the way that the elders do and the way that Revolution Church does. And can I just say this? If that's not you, if you're still, we're talking about this excitement about the building and you're like, yeah, I hear you, 
but I'm not sure I'm on board with you. Here's what I'm going to say. Like, it's okay. It's a new way of thinking, and you're just hearing about it. But pray about it. Give it some time and, and start to see the opportunities that can happen there. But the one that excites me the most, honestly, is simply this. If this helps us draw, teach, and send, mm-hmm. then I'm all for it. Yeah. And to me, that is a statement, and um, she put her name on it. She owned it. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's a Barb Anderson statement that says, if this helps us draw, teach, and send, mm-hmm. then I am all for it. And that, to me, makes my heart melt just a little bit. <laughs> it gets me a little giddy. And the yeah. reason for that is because that is somebody who, in their heart of hearts, knows we exist for a very specific purpose. God has put us in this town, in this place, at this time, for just such a time as this, to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ, drawing people into a life of faith, mm-hmm. teaching them, discipling them up, and sending them out to draw more and more people in. Yeah. And when she says, man, if that helps us do it, I am all for it. You know what? Then that, that just... That gets me. That gets me excited. Yeah, and I would say uh, big kudos to our, our elders as leaders because we Dave Mulder got up and at that meeting and said, "Hey, this is what our mission has been from from the beginning. The beginning. This is what we think this helps us do that." And, and you know, it, it's just great leadership. Yeah, it, it's fantastic, and I think it's it's necessary. And so, listen, man, that is a lot of stuff we went over. Yes. We're a little longer than we like to be. Although you notice how we say that every time. Well, we went a little long today. Maybe forty minutes is our new normal. I yeah. hope not, but but we want to get back between. to thirty. But. Yeah. But this is so critical, and these questions are so valid and so important, and we know that people that didn't ask them have the same questions, sure. and so we want to make sure we, we are as open and, and transparent as possible in this process, and so I want to encourage you again, man, if you've got a question that we haven't answered or you still have follow-up questions, ask, ask, ask. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality of this bottom line, this merger idea is for the community, yeah. 100% for the community. Yeah, I, I would ask people to think about somebody they know that does not know Jesus. Yeah. Somebody that they know, love, and care about that right now is destined for hell and to, to think about what they would like the church to do and be about to bring that person into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, our, our mission is real and it's worth it and, and we can't compromise. And so, um, hey, full steam ahead. Uh, and I'll say this too, uh, we are going to have, starting in November, plenty of opportunities for our congregations to mix, for people mm-hmm. here to meet and get comfortable with Pastor David, yep. for people there to meet and get comfortable with me as a pastor. And we're going to have plenty of opportunities for the congregations to mix and get to know each other. So I'm going to encourage people to be on the lookout for that. You'll get a lot more information coming soon. Yep. Thank you for, for uh, answering all those questions, Pastor, and uh, thank everybody for listening. Um, hopefully this helped you. Uh, get your mind around it. And if you, again, if you have more questions, ask them. Absolutely.